Animation Fixation Podcast Show. Hello and welcome to the Animation Fixation Podcast, where we talk everything animation. Today, we'll be looking at a film that's a little bit older than our more recent uh, watchings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're looking at Watership Down, the 1978 film by Martin Rosen. After predicting the destruction of their burrow in Watership Down, Fiverr and his brother Hazel lead a group of rabbits on a perilous adventure to find a new home where they can be safe. So, Tim, I'd never seen this film before. I believe you have, so this is not mm-hmm. your first No, it's not. <laughs> so you knew what you're in for. I, I yes. was very much aware of this. Um, so I'll just start by saying um, this is actually classified as one of the most violent um, animated PG-rated films ever made. Uh, and it was actually originally rated U, which is the British equivalent of um, our Australian G for general audiences, so open to all ages. It was only reclassified after 44 years um, to be PG because they received yearly complaints. It was the 70s. It was another time. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, mate. Look, even even though it is violent, you do see a lot of you know rabbits fighting and um, a lot of animal death. Look, mm-hmm. I will be the first to say I don't watch animal films mm-hmm. because I am I, I fall to water. I I will blubber like a baby if a dog so much as gets a splinter in its paw. I was actually fine with this, so um, really? I don't know I don't know what that says about me. I don't know whether it's because the animals were much more filling that human personified role that I was able to kind of overcome that. But okay. yeah, I didn't, I didn't find this quite as, it was jarring at first because mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting essentially a kid's animated film to be quite so violent, but um, it's definitely, it's definitely a far cry from the, the sugar coated storylines and the oh, very sure. stylized violence that we see in kids media now. Um, so, okay. With that, First note out of the way, I guess. I do have some questions about the audio, Tim. <laughs> yes. So you watched this on, on DVD. I've watched I this on Amazon Prime streaming. What is going on with the mix? <laughs> yeah, look, I think this is just one of those things. Because this is a film from the 70s, the, the audio quality is never going to be as good as what it is now. Um. There, there were times where the audio from the dialogue goes quite low and then suddenly you're blasted with very loud music. Oh, yeah. So it's not just from uh, sound quality from streaming services. It is also in the, the DVD version. Okay. So now I'm not an audio expert. I've never worked in audio. But as far as my understanding goes, the technology just wasn't there to get nice, clean, crisp, audio so regardless of how you go about watching this keep your hand on the remote <laughs> absolutely I, I spent all night writing the um the the volume button on the remote because it was just quite 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 loud I, I i i think my neighbors hate me right now <laughs> um i think the, the other thing that happened with the audio that was quite interesting for me was this, this is a film that kind of has quite a large element of kind of espionage and, you know, mm-hmm. these secret little meetings and things going on in the background. Yep. It's very unclear at a lot of places when the rabbits are meeting in these warrens and you get this really echoey dialogue, if you're kind of meant to be able to hear it and understand it, because they've got such this of an echo effect on it, 
that it yep. really becomes and they've they've made a really big effort as well to kind of pan the audio so that it is kind of it is off screen a little bit so you do get the feeling like yeah. you're trying to chase the audio off screen and find out what they're saying but it makes it really hard to understand it does i mean it's it's a very clever technique to mm -hmm. use i understand why they use it and i would definitely encourage that kind of technique but they didn't quite nail it because you are mm -hmm. you are right at you are just straining to hear oh, yeah. um and i mean it's fine to have but not to the extent that they pushed it yeah uh, the other thing I noticed was with uh, the seagull, Kihor. There's... The, so it's a seagull with a injured wing and it's making a whole... It's it's being a seagull. It's making a whole lot of hullabaloo about nothing, really. Um, yeah. But because there are all these little, like, audio quirks for the bird where it's kind of just making noise without there being really any meaning, but then it switches into actual dialogue with very little um, audible difference. So... I'm really struggling. Like, it was really thickly accented, I want to say. Um, that might not be yep. co the correct... It's it's an affectation that's being put on. I don't know exactly if, if there's a better term for that right now. Um, but mm -hmm. there's... there's It's really hard to pick even the edge of a word to be able to start working out what this bird is saying. Other than the fact I think yep. it swore at one point, which I was like, what? <laughs> I think it did too. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> like what in a 70s children's film i was thrown off by that too but i was kind of left wondering with this film not just with the violence but also with the the dialogue because the dialogue it's not written for kids mm. with all the violence it's not for kids but the visuals when you take out the violence it looks like it was made for kids oh, yeah. so i'm so confused as to who this is directed for um because it's it's i don't think that it's interesting enough for, for kids and and teenagers um it's obviously way too violent for very young kids uh, with some frightening themes in mm -hmm. there and for adults especially back in the 70s where animation was really just for kids it, it was very rare to find a film that was made for adults and when you did come across a film that was made for adults it was very blatant mm. that it was made for adults like for example fritz a cat was very obviously for adults Sweet. but this this film it just feels very confused as to who it was made it's for very funny that you say that tim because so the history of this story is it's uh based on a book by richard adams Yes. Uh, and which was based on a story he told his children in the car uh, when they were bored. Right. So uh, he would make up stories mm -hmm. about rabbits for them. So this is kind of still the themes. This is all the themes of the book that he wrote, which yep. was a children's book. It was rejected by 14 publishers before someone finally picked it up. And all of those publishers' notes were, it is too realistic uh, in the fact that you see rabbits kind of, you know, using the bathroom and, um, you know, making new rabbits. Um, so right. okay. there were all of these elements in Adam's original book. When it was eventually picked up by a publisher, it became a massive worldwide hit. It sold 50 million copies. It became a children's classic for a generation, uh, which is obviously why it's been picked up by Martin Rosen um, for this film. 
Adams yep. also then went on to be uh, the president of the RSPCA and was a massive campaigner for uh, animal rights, which I think uh, mm. was most evident uh, in another one of his films I was reading about called Plague Dogs, which is about uh, animal experimentation. Oh, yes. So. Yes. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm interested to see that one and, and um, work out, yeah, just how mm-hmm. much further he takes this because this, yep. this is pretty blatant. But with, with that element of, of storytelling, there's a lot of things, like these rabbits have their own words for things. The names of the rabbits are a little bit kind of quirky. They're not called, you know, Steve and Bob and Barbara. Um, you know, you've got Fiverr and right, yeah. Bigwig and ha- like Hazel. There's, there's some words in there, but some of them are just like very hard to pick apart if you're not quite sure what's happening. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I will admit I am biased. I have a background in localization, but this is where subtitles are your savior. Like if I just had access yes. to some English CCs to tell me what was going on, I would have had a much better time with this film because because I was constantly writing the remote for the audio mix being really off. Uh, and there's all these mm-hmm. strange bits of mythology and words that I'm unfamiliar with because I haven't read the book being thrown at me. I was really confused about who some of the rabbits were. Um, the other thing is they're rabbits. Yep. Like, we are very much programmed. Like, like I can pick the difference between two humans' faces pretty well. But, yep. like, rabbits, I'm a little bit more dodgy on. So it's really hard sometimes as well to work out who everyone is because everyone looks quite similar. Yeah. Um, one of the good things I think they did with the Afrafa burrow is... Um, they had that blue around their eyes, so that very clearly distinguished them as, like, yes. these are the bad guys. But then they, like, take a whole bunch of people into yep. their borough and then it gets confusing again. It's, yeah. Yeah. They did an alright job um, giving each of the, the main rabbits a slightly mm-hmm. different design. So you, you could tell the difference, except, like you said, when they do start getting mixed up with a bunch of mm-hmm. other rabbits, that's when you start really getting It confused. also doesn't help that the color of the rabbits doesn't mean like remain consistent throughout the film so uh like hazel starts off this really kind of vibrant brown um and then at some points is brown at some points is gray um we get a kind of you know it's it's kind of like when they were doing the the rain scene it's not like they were doing day for night and they just put like a gray filter over everything to make it look like it was it was um rainy and dark and so all these rabbits have gone gray and you're like, hang on, is this a new... No, no, that's that's the same voice. I think that's Hazel. Yep, that's Hazel. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. But it is it is quite jarring, I, th- I found. Well, I mean, that is something that I've, I've noticed, mainly with um, non-Disney and non-Don Bluth mm-hmm. kind of animated films back in the day. You do often get some inconsistencies, and in, in depending on their uh, experience of the studio, yeah. they'll be more obvious in, in some parts than, than others. But it is something, as you said, that can become very, very distracting. And especially when you're dealing with characters that all look very, very similar. Yeah, It's something that studios really have to be careful of when animating these films. Yes, absolutely, I agree. I think the animation on the rabbits was really, really good. It was. They got a lot of the the typical mannerisms down. Um, Even how they uh, would fight was um, pretty close to how uh, real rabbits fight. So I was actually really quite impressed about that and the fact that they didn't need to anthropomorphize Mm -hmm. the rabbits 
too much. They really went for a realistic look for the rabbits. Um, and I, I think that if they did anthropomorphize the rabbits a little bit, it would have been very, very jarring because then it would be even more clearly that this was animated for kids, but then you mix that in with all the violence. Yeah. And then that, that would have been even more yes. confusing. Yes, it would have. Um, yeah, I... This whole thing, it does actually... Watching this film feels like reading uh, a kid's book because, like you were saying, like the, the visuals are something mm. straight out. I swear I've seen those visuals in a, in a picture book in a doctor's office when I was five. Um, yes, especially the beginning, the opening. Yeah, it's so beautiful and so watercolour and just gorgeous, but you get these little contained scenes, these little moments of here is a problem, here is the rabbits facing them, and then they either solve it or they move on. Yep. Um, and then here's some pretty pastoral landscapes. <laughs> and we'll just do like a couple of seconds of pretty pastoral landscapes, and then here's the next little contained scene. And they all kind of flow on from each mm -hmm. other mostly there's a couple times like how the heck did they get here like yes th they were there why are they here i mean th that would have just been for the sake of yeah. time and money. yeah ab absolutely that that's the only reason why they would have absolutely been. but it, it does add to that feeling i think oh it does and there were times where it was very very slow mm. as well um uh, there were times where i was almost dozing off on the couch <laughs> but then it gets interrupted with the those um, action sequences, shall we say. Mm -hmm. So, if there's one thing that this film lacks, I would say it's consistency. Because it's not just the the audio, but also the, the consistency of the momentum mm -hmm. of the storytelling. Yeah. You, you have um, very intense, fast storytelling in, in some areas, and then in others, it's very slow... There's some dialogue and completely forgettable and... I don't know that I heard half of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what's what's going on. I'll, I'll just enjoy the pretty images. That being said, I think it was a lot more effective when you had that much more stylized and much more watercolor approach. Yes. I think like when we, when we first get in, so we come out of the um, mythology sequence, which is has this very, I don't know, kind of hand-drawn tribal kind of vibe to it it very much gives me a flashback mm -hmm. to kind of animated versions of dreaming stories that i was shown as a kid and then we cut to this like really close up really detailed image uh like painted image of a rabbit's eye and it's just it's too detailed and it's too still for the rest of the film and i'm i'm glad we never get that level of detail again it's quite creepy actually to start us off on it was very jarring it but is, then the yeah. rest of it, when you pull back to this much more watercolory, restrained art style, I think was quite nice. And like yeah. when they're they're leaving the burrow, having just these little black silhouetted rabbits leaping through this beautiful foggy haze, mm -hmm. like it was just it was a really nice, really nice shot. It was just gorgeous to watch. Absolutely, they really got down, especially the the backgrounds. They mm -hmm. nailed them. Absolutely, um, I like the fact that when they introduce the story with this rabbit mythology mm -hmm. that they did have a different art style because it helps differentiate okay this is not the actual story but it's going to have some level of influence over the entirety of the story yes i, I just it feels wrong with a very uh british accented voiceover though <laughs> um 
it it does, especially with the names yes. that they use. Yeah, no, ab absolutely, it does. It does sound very weird. It just sounds very colonial in a British accent. I just, I feel like it feels like ick. Yeah, uh, un I unless what they were going for was a mythology that stretched you know, hundreds if not thousands of years back. Yeah. <laughs> We're just guessing at this point. And I mean, this is a movie about bunnies. Yeah. I do find it quite funny. I, I genuinely had to laugh in, in the last bit, though, when they're having the fight with um, the general from Afrafra. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> because you just see, like... The, the dog come around the corner and the dog versus the rabbit and then the general oh, yeah. leaps off and then it's just sky and I'm like um did the did, did it freeze and then the British voiceover <laughs> comes in they never found the joke it just it feels like such a like mock like true crime mockumentary documentary sort yes. of style like you know like you're about to find it out that Hazel was brought up on five counts of embezzlement and <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just laughing very hard. I mean, it, it was funny how they showed us all these incredibly graphic, violent scenes, and then for that last mm. battle, we don't we don't get shown anything. And by then, my morbid curiosity is just like, yeah, I wonder how that fight would have gone. Yeah, not well. And look, usually, usually, I will be the first person to say when you've seen a character, particularly when you've seen a character in a fight. Giving them an off-screen death is the coward's way out. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't particularly care about the general that much. I was like, I, I saw that and I'm like, I know how this is gonna end. I don't think I actually need to see it. Like, with all the violence that has happened, we don't need to add more to it. Let's let's just... Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that was their tasteful pan to the curtains of this is just gonna be a bloodbath. Um, yeah. But, but that being said, Hazel, uh, when he's... Um, getting the dog so they have this whole big plan to lure the dog in to come and defeat the general and all these rabbits are kind of lined up to kind of guide the dog uh back to the burrow um and when hazel is trying to protect one of the other rabbits from the cat and accidentally gets the dog lets the dog loose early and the cat catches him mm -hmm. we don't get really a resolution to that it's just like the cat pinning him down and then, like, I mean, yes, you hear the person yell at the cat not to do something, but when does a cat listen to a human? That is the most unrealistic part of this movie, that a cat yep. listens to instruction <laughs> given by its human. Yes. Forget talking animals. That is the most unrealistic that part. That is the most unrealistic part. Uh, my cat has been giving me side eye. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, don't expect this from me, honey. <laughs> Um, I do have a question for you. What did you actually think of the voice acting in this? F forget the um, audio quality. What did you think of the actual the voice acting? Hazel's, I thought, wasn't bad. Um, Fiverr was uh, quite melodramatic. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. uh, like it, it seemed like they were in two very different films. Like Fiverr was in, um, sorry, Hazel was in a, a quite a serious drama and Fiverr was in a melodrama. Mm -hmm. And then you have other ones who like, this is just straight up comedy. Like Keyhaw is straight up comedy. Yeah. Um, so they all kind of had very different vibes or very different styles yeah. of, of how they were acting. And yeah. I mean, it kind of worked together. Um, it's, it, it's got that very typical kind of, you know, <laughs> 1970s audio uh like vibe for yeah. me it it just kind of blends into the background a little bit mm -hmm. 
Yeah, look, th there were times where, like, the acting was alright, but there were definitely times where I really got the sense that the actors were just reading off the, the script, mm. um, that they weren't too invested, while you had other actors that were going, you know, 110%, putting their absolute all, and then you, know, you mm -hmm. have the others that are like, eh, it's just another paycheck. Um, you brought up about the seagull uh, oh, being yeah. all comedy. Mm -hmm. Did you actually find this film funny? Did it, for you, did it have any comedic scenes? Because for me, there was nothing. I didn't yeah. even chuckle. Um, there were definitely a few comedic moments, but I, I've, I've got a bit of a dark and twisted sense of humor. Like, I don't know, maybe I was just laughing at the ridiculousness of a few things. Like, I was yeah. laughing at the the kind of the way the, the voiceover cut in. Uh, after mm -hmm. the general dies, um, with Kehor in the in the Warren, I was kind of having a bit of a laugh when Big Wig's trying to get round him, and it's like you know, like like that dance on the street where like you're both trying to go the same direction, and yep. Big Wig just ends up like burrowing underneath him, kind of thing, and then yep. Kehor's just slapping him with the tips of his feathers. I found that quite funny. Um, I kind of find the humor in things that go wrong. <laughs> So yes. I, I found a few things here. I'm like, yeah, this is this is kind of just well, <laughs> this happened today. <laughs> I think actually one of the other points that I laughed at, and I didn't so much laugh at it because of the actual film. I think it's just because of the like TikTok audio <laughs> where um, they're like trying to cross the river to get away from a dog, and um, they find this little bit of wood floating and they're going to try and float the rabbits across it. Like, quick, Fiverr, get on! And Fiverr tries to jump and immediately falls off and into the water has to be plucked out. And it very much has that um, that sense in my head. Like, the only thing I heard in my head was, that's my boy. No, my boy! <laughs> <laughs> and so I started laughing because of that. I was finding my own humour in this. Right, okay. But, I mean, if you have to find your own humour in a film, it, it goes to show just how effective... Uh, the film's humor actually yeah. is if you have to kind of make it up yourself yeah I, I don't i don't think this is meant to be a comedy um i think they've just tried to throw, no. it, throw it in to kind of tick a box in a few cases and i think keyboard yeah. was that entire box oh of course but i think that adds to the confusion of yeah. who this film was made for yeah it was quite popular with adults like it was i think from what i've read based on its original release it was marketed as a kids film but was really popular with adults and adults would go to late night showings of it um by themselves okay. um but yeah i i i think it's not 100 percent sure either i think it kind of came out going i'm a kids film kind of found more of a footing with adults and just went with it and then i think because it is such a confused message there was one thing that i was reading there was a butcher that um was capitalizing on the release of the film and using it for their own marketing and the advert was you've read the book you've seen the movie now eat the cast oh that's fantastic i think it works so well with this film because like that is that is something yes. like, that is very much taken on something you would aim at children but with the dark humor for adults and i'm like yeah. i don't know that this would work quite so well with any other film but this film that is great advertising is it fiverr for dinner or is it the general <laughs> you choose depends on how big the rabbit is wow that is fantastic <laughs> i love it Companies definitely need to be doing oh, more of that. Please, please, I, I, I love, I love a cheeky little uh, 
advertising time. Yes, um, for sure. Could, could you imagine if Butchers did the same thing for when Bambi came out? Oh no! <laughs> Absolutely not. That is look. Too- we found Bambi's mother. Oh no! <laughs> Bring her to dinner. No. <laughs> You, you gotta make a little kid cry. I, I mean, here's the thing. I, this is, I think this comes back to my, my original point. This is a very violent movie, and usually I'm very much against animal violence in movies. I, yeah. I just do not cope with it. I didn't feel that in this at all. And I think it's only because you have this level of detachment, and I'm not sure whether it's because... I mean, from my point of view, it's firstly... It was very hard to hear the dialogue in a lot of cases. Like, yeah. I was struggling, which I'm sure didn't help... But even on top mm-hmm. of that, when you could hear the dialogue, it's kind of very prim and proper, straight up and down, British accents. It kind of has this air of, I'm better than you, just a little bit. Um, and it kind of makes it, for me, a little bit harder to relate to this really kind of, I don't know, when everyone's got that really posh British accent and everyone's quite straight up and down. And then you also have these, like, because they are these like contained little moments, and then you move on. And so I think for me, it made it really quite hard to, like, I wanted them to succeed, but when when there were these violent altercations, I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, that's half of the course, really. Like, I I didn't really feel the same emotional connection. Um, Like, like, Mm -hmm. I think actually part of what primed me as well was there's a rabbit called Violet, I believe. I have to say that as a question because I'm still not 100% sure. Um, yeah. But she just goes out to like nibble on something and gets eaten by a hawk. And it's just like, poof, gone. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then all the all the other rabbits are like, oh. Oh. She's dead. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's keep going. Like, other, than, <laughs> other than like when Hazel gets injured and to some, uh, uh, Big Wig even to some extent. Like, like oh, yeah, that rabbit's just god but no this is one we care about um but yeah i just i feel like this whole thing is set up so you don't kind of have this massive emotional investment in the welfare of the characters like yeah it's a rabbit it's gonna it's gonna rabbit and um you know there's gonna be a lot more rabbits where that came from and mm-hmm. yeah you know everything's out to get it something's gonna get it eventually so it's a bit reminiscent of a TV show called The Animals of Farthing Wood. I've never seen that. So that was an animated series uh, from the early 90s. Now, it actually kind of had very loosely a similar sort of storyline where the animals were traveling from their old home to, to another one. And there is also a lot of animal death in, the, mm-hmm. in it. But unlike the scene that you just described... Um, where one rabbit just gets taken away and the others are like, oh, okay, let's keep going. You actually felt so much more for those animals that were killed. Um, But it it also didn't help that it's very cartoony and that it's obviously made for kids. Mm. So it's actually interesting seeing the, the, the differences between the two. I'm genuinely curious. I mean, this story is very much focused on rabbits and their way of life, and I don't know that it would very easily translate to any kind of other animal. You'd have to do a lot of story reworking to make that work. But oh, sure. I'm. I would be curious to see if it had the same effect. If you told a similar sort of story in a similar sort of way, if you felt for a fox, if you felt for a badger, if you felt 
the same way that you feel about these rabbits because there is i think rabbits are actually one of the things that are quite dividing in people's opinions like we you and i tim see rabbits as cute little fluffy pets mm-hmm. and they're adorable you talk to a queenslander they will agree you should rabbit on site kind of thing like yeah. you do not have rabbits in queensland they are a destructive pest yeah. um and so it's very like depending on where you live will very much determine your opinion on rabbits i'm very much of course they're a pet they're a part of the family you get occasionally wild rabbits they're cute you just see them in the distance but you talk to farmers they are destructive they're um like they're making warrens that are you know crippling their cattle they're eating all the food that should be for the cattle they're a drain on resources so i think if you'd had another animal like let's just say you had puppies and you told the same story would you care when a puppy got taken by an eagle? I think you would. I think you would. I think it's yes. part of the way that rabbits are culturally viewed as well that you can kind of get away with this, which is true. Which is a bit <laughs> sad. <laughs> that is actually a very good point that you bring up, and I would actually love to hear from the listeners. Yeah. Anyone that has seen this film, what were your opinions on the the scenes where we find out about um, the the rabbits from the old warren when they died or when we see any of the rabbits get killed um on scene did it affect you emotionally or was it you know just more bunny violence <laughs> and and nothing more than that I feel like bunny violence needs its own genre now like i just feel like that's that's <laughs> coining so. a genre um yeah. i think so um well it's come <laughs> to that stage where we should give our rating Caitlin, what would you rate this one? Um, I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. It's very hard to be emotionally invested in something when I'm struggling mm-hmm. so much to hear it. And look, maybe if I'd been able to see this in cinemas when it was originally released, you know, years before I was born, maybe the audio mix would have mm-hmm. been a lot better because it was the first film, uh, first animated film released with Dolby Stereo in cinemas. Right. So I'm sure the audio mix should have been great but the way it's been compressed for uh, streaming and for distribution on DVD, mm-hmm. it's just not watchable uh, and really needs to be addressed. Um, that being said, the visuals are really yes. pretty. I've got a lot of notes on the story, as you've heard. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's pretty to look at. Yes. The body violence is pretty to look at. <laughs> I never thought I would say that sentence, but here we are. Tim, what's your rating? I am also giving it a 2.5 <laughs> for all the points that you gave. I, I don't feel that the audio issue makes it unwatchable, but it is very distracting. The animation is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, some incon- inconsistencies, as mentioned before, with some of the colors. But I did like the the rabbit designs. I mm-hmm. like the actual animation on the rabbits. Um, again, my biggest gripe was that there wasn't any clear distinction of who this film was really made for. Yeah. But that being said, if I'm in the mood of watching something really dark and animated, I, I might come back to, to watch this again, but not anytime soon. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> then well thank you very much for joining us everybody thank you and we will see you in the next one we will bye catch ya